friends and folks, and welcome to Scanline Media's 2022 Gimmick Awards, where we do a roundup and a, give some give some you know special shoutouts to the works of media that really impressed us over the course of 2022. I'm Six Detmar, and like everyone else here, I'm from Scanline Media. I'm Jennifer Uncle, and I'm Curie Page. And this, most of the time, I I would say the other categories are very very positive, very like. Hey, let's think about stuff we liked. Not this category. No, this is biggest disappointment. Um, And yeah, this is our only negative category. I think it's been a while since we had more than just this for negative categories because like... I think we had um, one year a biggest disappointment in a, like the equivalent of Giant Bomb's like old please stop. Um, mm-hmm. I think like we only did that one year. It was mostly us riffing on The Last of Us. Um, yeah yeah oh yeah it was worse direction worse direction yeah 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 uh, yeah. um that was us just basically saying man fuck the last of us (laughs) yeah um because for the most part it's like okay the industries we care about are like games first and foremost Uh secondly anime and manga and third probably film right Mm. and all of those are fucking hard and making anything and getting it out the door is really hard and so you know, you can't be all smiles all the time, but there's no reason to go out of your, no reason to go out of your way to be a dick about it. Right. So, but th- but this particular one, and before like you know, to kind of piggyback off of your little like what you just said is yes, making video games is really really hard, and most of the time we lay the blame at like management and things like that. You know, for a reason. You know, we don't. Mm-hmm. We don't hate the people that work on these games. It's more of like, you know, disappointment is a good way to frame it. Right. Um, and so for this list, we are looking for one winner and two runners up, though we are capable of flexing and having a few more runners up if necessary. Um, a, a case kind of has to be made to break the mold. Mm-hmm. Um Jen, maybe you can do it this time. Can you read our list? Sure thing. So for biggest disappointment, uh, we have Shenmue 3, Danganronpa S, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R, World of Warcraft Wrath of the Lich King Classic, Crossfire X, AI Nirvana Initiative, Square Enix and Sega's Blockchain Initiatives, Wordle, Bayonetta 3 slash Babylon's Fall. Gundam Evolution. Pokemon Scarlet slash Violet. DNF Duel. Shadows of Rose DLC. Gundam Battle Operations 2 for the PC. Marvel Marvel Snap. And the Callisto Protocol. There we go. Marvel Slap would be a very entertaining game. Marvel Slap (laughs) would be something... Um, no, they'd make it boring. Yeah, that's it's their the, talent. That's, that's my secret, Captain. <laughs> I can't make anything interesting. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if it'll be top three, but I wanted to put Marvel Snap on there because I, I I messed around with it for about an hour or so because you know card game brain worms. The, you know it's terminal. You know, uh, and I I like checking out different types of card games, and Marvel Snap has like some interesting ideas where you play heroes in three different lanes and you play your cards at the same time 
And it's kind of like you play him face down, then they reveal that sort of thing. But upon finding out that I have to get to like level 20 or something before I even get to play against other humans, and also just the lack of ambition with the mechanics, because like you're playing in like the Marvel universe, like you could do some like really cool things, but it never felt like to me that there was like going to be really interesting deck strategies or stuff that you can really do you know because it just feels very constrained as a system um i don't know i it is kind of cool that you can wager in like infinity gems or whatever like you can kind of double or nothing like during a match to kind of like intimidate your opponent but that's fairly limited um i don't think it makes top three though but i don't know what do you think yeah i mean it's worth it's worth mentioning i i appreciate that and you know that's going to be a lot of these categories right we have long lists and we're getting down to be pretty small so there are things where it's like hey i wanted to talk about this and now we can cut it Mm -hmm. um marvel snap is a free-to-play mobile game by the some of the designers that brought you Hearthstone with the objective of being a five-minute-long card game with no learning curve. That's one of the worst pitches I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, like, even even one that I played earlier this year, um, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Cross Duel also super simplifies, like, the absurd mechanics of Yu-Gi-Oh!, but there's still, like, a fun appeal to like oh four people are making moves at the same time and moving monsters in different lanes and also you do get to do otome game shit with like the various protagonists from Yu-Gi-Oh and it's all fully voiced and i find that very funny um yeah but marvel snap just doesn't feel like it has anything resembling like a personality or interest in like being an interesting card game like for the folks that play it obviously if you're enjoying it cool i just couldn't get into it i deleted it after like an hour and a half yeah yeah i think we're gonna go ahead and cut it yeah go ahead and cut it for now and by for now i mean forever (laughs) uh can i suggest the next cut sure i think at the near the beginning or middle of the year square enix and sega blockchain was something that was a little more serious but now that that whole business is kind of just folding in on itself in the most hilarious like garbage fire imaginable it's not so much a disappointment as something funny to me like the idea that square enix is like okay we're gonna sell off our entire idos uh (laughs) division just so we can look into this blockchain stuff and what do you know it's it's 2023 and that shit has basically turned into nothing (laughs) And yet they're like New Year's, like, you know, statement from the president is like, man, 2023 is going to be the year of the NFT. We're so excited. We're so <laughs> excited to sell you like Tubi's butt as an NFT, you guys. You wish they had that kind of imagination. God, no. that would be. <laughs> yeah. They What they are doing right now is they are selling you like the 10,000th figure of Aerith and then a JPEG of that same figure. Yeah, it's it's really pathetic. It's really yeah, it's it's like it's disappointing. But at the same time, like for a while in 2021 and 2022, every big company was trying to like, 
oh man, we got to get on this like NFT bullshit craze. And for the large part, that has basically become nothing. The crypto markets are finally starting to collapse in on themselves. And it is very funny. Again, I want to reiterate like how rake, you know, rake stepping uh, of a move Square Enix made selling off basically the entirety of their Eidos division, which probably had games almost completely finished at this point, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, this company, I forget the company, I don't know, some holding company, whatever, basically got a bunch of IDOS games, like, pretty much completely done on the cheap because they really wanted to dive into this NFT thing that literally two days later, like, one of the big cryptocurrencies, like, crashed, <laughs> like, super hard. Yeah, like... The one thing I will say is that I am slightly worried that some of the rumors of Square Enix looking for a buyer from like Microsoft and Sony and all that will come true. But uh, aside from that, it's just just looking back at the blockchain stuff. It's just very it's very typical Square Enix to just make a ridiculous business decision like this. I mean, obviously, I think in general, these acquisitions are bad things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And like like. I don't want to see a bunch of Square Enix games locked down to one platform. Mm. I don't want to see that kind of, you know, compression. On the other hand, Square Enix are some of the worst business people in the industry. Uh-huh. Um, and like, I, 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 you know, I can't say this for sure, but I feel like if they were working for Microsoft, they would like put readable fonts in their games and things. <laughs> There'd be some you know like there's quality assurance and then there's like intelligence assurance and they really need that at square enix oh yeah so yeah um but you know all right uh next cut um i i have uh one or two yeah let's hear them um i i i'll cut judge's bizarre adventure all-star battle r like as annoying as it is that it is another fighting game that came out that has no rollback netcode, like... Or, I mean, it barely has any netcode. Yeah, it's it's rough. It has, uh, they, uh, it's weird, they paid extra money to tie, like, string to tin cans yeah. for a special network for this game. The internet is dog shit for this game. Absolute dog shit. But at the end of the day, like, all-Star Battle R is a pretty fun game. Like, I watched the um, CEO Taku Grand Finals of uh, All-Star Battle R. It's like, oh, there's, like, a really fun game at the core of this. Like, it mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Um, it's very funny that one of their big selling points is, like, we finally added Hit Stop, guys. Like, um, <laughs> like we finally added Hit Stop, and it runs at 60 frames per second, which I have a copy of the PS3 version of... <laughs> all-star battle on my shelf right now Um, it did not run well it did it ran like such garbage with like imperfect like inconsistent frame pacing which is gonna kill your fighting game but they made some smart changes the characters look fun to play it looks really nice and also they did a smart thing with the single player uh like i watched a friend play it and in the original ps3 release he kind of did like an art, not like an arcade ladder, but like here's a bunch of fights from the show or from the manga more 
uh, you know, um, from the series, but, you know, with some voice lines and stuff like that, it was a slog to get through. They changed it that you can jump around to any of the seven parts of JoJo's that are really represented in the game um, and just do like cannon fights. They have dream matches as well. And you just unlock a couple panels, then you get a big boss fight that you get to do. It's like they, they made some smart changes and added some new characters. And it's like, okay, at the end of the day, there is a version of like, you know, bringing people over to play uh, All-Star Battle R and having a good time with it. And I mean, what's going to happen one of these days is that you and I are just going to play it on Parsec. So yeah. it'll be fine. Which is what the like All-Star Battle community have been doing for years. Like, you know, they there's there's a way to do it. Um, again, it's disappointing that they don't have good netcode or netcode at all. Um, but you know, this would be a fun game to break out at like a, you know, a friend's house or at a convention or something, and just be like, "Yeah, let's let's play this whack ass fighting game." <laughs> um, it's fun though. You should check out that CEO Taku Grand Final. It's pretty hype. I should. Yeah. Mm. I have a lot of horses on this list. Uh huh. Um, that I feel pretty strongly about. I think I know. But which you know, ones. even yeah. even. Even if I were to make all like the top three all mine, that still means I have to make cuts. Um, so I'm gonna start by suggesting Gundam Evolution. Mm -hmm. um, Gundam Evolution, uh, obviously free to play, uh, like team, like you know, Overwatch style, like team power shooter. Uh -huh. um, I think my biggest disappointments with this. I mean, I guess I should have. I think it's more that the beta got my hopes up because mm -hmm. before the beta, I didn't have that high hopes. And then after, you know, the release, I was like, oh, never mind to a degree. I still think it's all right, but I guess my problems are a genre problem and then uh, a, a more specific one. The more specific one is that the maps are fucking terrible. The maps are just really bad in this game. Yeah. Um, And also, it's a really weird use of the like of Gundam as a as a franchise. Right. Because. You do this stuff where you're like, oh, we're going to put, you know, the iconic, you know, mobile suits. We're going to put the Gundam. We're going to put the Zaku. We're going to, you know, and like, that's all cool. You have no voice actors from the series. You have no characters from the series. You don't use any locations from the series. Yeah. Um, like, why, it's, why isn't there a map based off of, like, the moon? Like, in, like, Zeta and stuff, there's, like, some pretty iconic fights, like, on a moon colony. Um, yeah, and it's like, why don't you recreate the moon colony in which they have the big battle? Yeah, you know? it's something that Gundam Max Boost on gets right. Yeah, why can't why can't I have a match at Jaburo base? You know, <laughs> even even why can't you take one of your existing maps and just call it Dublin or something? Right. Obviously, it'd be it'd be cheap, but you're not even going for a cheap pop. You're not trying. And then there's the genre problem, which is not an inherent genre problem. It is a problem that the genre has fallen into, and I should really write that article about, which is that they have built this game and this whole genre around, like, team and synergy and, like, powers, and then they've decided that if you don't headshot people, you're a little bitch and they don't care about you. Um... They hate supports. There are no supports in this game. Some people have some support abilities, but support is not a role. Yeah. 
Like, where, and, you know, you look over at Overwatch and Overwatch is in a place where support is still a role and the developers do interviews where they actively talk about how much they don't respect supports and it shows in their fucking game. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Evolution has its like fair share of issues too of just like, you know, like they're, they're um, the mobile suit picks are like really fun and interesting. Like they make some like, choices for their mobile suits um but like Mm -hmm. you know besides from a few standouts like i feel like some of them are just sort of you know they're kind of bland or they don't really show the strength of like how weird of a machine it is um or they don't work like you feel like they should right like uh you've got the turn a gundam which its main feature like it, it has surprisingly few moves which is true for a lot of characters you have a first person shooter that launched first on pc and there are a lot of characters where right click doesn't do anything and it's like what um but like the turn A's, like one of its few abilities is it runs forward and does a judo throw. And they're like, this is the perfect counter to all of the melee suits. No, it's not because it doesn't fucking work. I have, you have your. Yeah, I, ahead, I, was, I was playing as Gundam Bar- Barbados and like I was able to kill a turn A after like turn A threw me. It's like, that's bad design, guys. <laughs> You have the fucking um, oh no why can't I think about it right now? There's a suit they added from uh, from actually another suit from Turn A Gundam. Oh the the one that looks like a mushroom head. Yeah the the fun the fun dude. Um, but it has like a ability where it's it's supposed to be your demo man, right? It's like yeah. you pick a spot and it does like a a quick barrage of lasers and just splash damage, and like a full like third of the surfaces in the game like not just walls like a lot of the floors if you try and use it it just says oh you can't use that there it's like i can't throw a grenade there what the fuck is wrong with you yeah like a demo man in tf2 like oh you can stick those grenades anywhere it was sick are you sure y'all want to cut this given how much you're <laughs> given how many issues you're bringing I, up with it there are three on here are that you, i think quite are you ready for me to talk about some other games <laughs> Wow. Uh, Because these are all things that are that bad. The difference is I my expectations were never that high, Mm. I guess. Mm. Okay, because I have another thing here where my expectations were probably as high as y'all are in terms of like, I don't think I don't think Shenmue 3 belongs on this list. Agreed. Okay, yeah, because like, uh, I, it was disappointing to get to the third one and see, okay, it's doesn't have the magic of one and two, but also it was kind of like, well, this is a Kickstarter game made at a period of time when the dollar doesn't get you as far as it used to in terms of game development. And also like the pressures of what a 3D game needs to be these days, like... Something like Shenmue feels like it's nearly impossible to make in these sorts of conditions, at least to the degree that we would expect it to be made. And also, I mean, oh, by the way, the name of the suit was the Mahiru. Yes, I apologize Mahiru. for not thinking it off the top of my head. There goes Mahiru. Um, watch him as he goes. Uh, <laughs> it, it also was a late enough Kickstarter that we know how this goes, mm-hmm. right? Hi, I'm John Video Games. I'm back to make a new video game, but I clearly don't know how to do that anymore. Please support me. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like at that point, you know, Mighty Number no. 9 had certainly 
came out and crashed by that point, I think, or at the very least, the signs. Oh, it, it came out and crashed, like, seven years beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, something ridiculous. <laughs> um, and also, like, the only game, like, there's only one game that I can think of that from that particular era of Kickstarter that actually succeeded in his goals, and that was, like, Bloodstained. Um, yeah. But, and that was more the exception that proved the rule. And also Bloodstain went through this whole period where the demos were all doing poorly and essentially part of the release campaign was um, Iga and the other folks being like, look at how shitty our demos used to be. Look at how good they are now. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, you're right. I don't think it necessarily hangs on this list. And we have a three-hour podcast talking about why, (laughs) in a a way. Um, Yeah. And it doesn't match up to Shenmue 1 and 2, but I don't think, like, necessarily, like, 3 existing besmirches the legacy of 1 and 2, you know? Like, you can still play 1 and 2 on, like, modern hardware, and that's just a great time. And 3 is disappointing more so that, like, Man, you're right. Like, if, if you had were like us and just rode off of the high of Shenmue 2, like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a crash, but there were still even like little moments in Shenmue 3 that were like, okay, this is kinda working. Um but ultimately it just kinda I don't know. I, I, I just hope that, you know I was about to say Yuji Naka, but he is in jail. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm thinking. Um, well, he'll be out of jail at some point. You're, t- you're thinking of Yu Suzuki. Yu Suzuki, you know, <clears throat> there's still a chance for Yu Suzuki to be like, I don't know, finding the you know RGG team and just be like, hey, make Shenmue four and it'll be fine, or something. If, I mean, I don't think there is, but you know, it's a nice thing for you. It's, to say. It's a, I don't know. It's a nice <laughs> thought. I don't think there's gonna be a Shenmue four uh, at this rate. And I don't need there to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. Two exists. Play Shibu um, 2. Um, yeah, we can cut that. So, uh, we very, usually are very, I think, uh, like, I think efficient with, like, our picks as far as, like, okay, let's cut this and then we all agree to cut it. I'm going to do the rare thing of being, like, I think this needs to be on the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation 2 PC Beta. Yep. You remember hearing about that? I I did. I signed up. I was like, oh man, I want to play this game that Six has a lot of passion for. And it's like, oh man, Gundam Battle Operation 2. What a cool thing. I mean, I know we have it on PS4 and PS5, but it's like... And it runs pretty bad there and the netcode's pretty terrible. It's like, um, um, okay, okay. But, but, but hey, maybe this PC version, it's like... And hey, Gundam Evolution, like it came out on time. It's like, oh man, mm-hmm. another Gundam, like, ha, oh, it'll be great to have in 2022... To have like you know your arcadey Gundam Evolution type game, uh, and then the more like slightly more hardcore game GBO two. Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that beta? Oh, you just didn't come out? Oh no, it came. Oh, oh, Kyrie. Oh, my sweet summer child. It came out. <laughs> it was like, imagine if. On launch day, everyone lined up and got their copy of the game, and they opened up the case, and in front of their eyes, the CD just broke in half. It was so broken, no one could play it. Like, not like only a few people. Literally, no one played a single match over the course of this beta. (laughs) 
And then it flopped so hard that they said, we're sorry, it didn't work, we're sorry, we're sorry. And then they just didn't say another word about it for eight months. They just ghosted because it was such a train wreck. Now, granted, at the time of this recording, there was another announcement of another beta, but... In like in like two days, yeah, yeah. But uh, man, looking forward to that one. I wonder if you'll be able to log in. That'll be that'll be a huge improvement. <laughs> well, yeah. is it really that big of a disappointment if it's like a beta and it's not even of like, a game that's been out for how many years? I mean, like, if if it's a gulf between expectation and reality. The gulf between a game that I have played for three years and has been out for longer than that, not being able to run? <laughs> that's, I guess that's a good point, yeah. yeah it's a pretty sucks. big gulf. That's a pretty big thing to just, like... Because say what you will with some of the other games that are on this list, it's like, oh, you can actually play them, you know? <laughs> like... Yeah, and it um, it maybe that next beta will be fine, but the fact that they didn't say anything like really blows for months and months. Yeah, I think like I could be talked into cutting this, but for now, I want to asterisk it as like for, it's survived the initial round. Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, go ahead and earmark that. Um, I I have one I want to cut. Um, kind of for the same reason of like Judge's Bizarre Adventure. Are and that's DNF Duel. Um, the disappointment. Mm, okay. I mean, okay. The disappointment really is there that like Arxis like really just lended no support to this game like whatsoever, and that really stinks. And I think that some of you know its design choices, you know, make its like competitive life potentially very very short. Um. But one, it's like we're we're finally getting to this point in which like okay, they have announced another character. Um, it is like it got that big patch recently, and I still have fun playing the game at the end of the day. Like I still think it's a goofy time to play, and it's like my disappointment is a little bit more towards like the management of that game rather than like the core game itself. Um, I. My pushback would be, mm-hmm. I know you're a big aiding fan, I and I respect this. Yeah. In the year 2022, right, it is not the same era that aiding grew up in. Aiding grew up in the era where it was like, I mean, you remember the like the fighting game blitz that like ended that caused the quiet period because so many were coming out. Where you would have games come out and you'd be like, "Wow, this is really cool," and then you'd move on, mm-hmm. right? We are now in the era of fighting games that get tons of patches and tons of support, and it is not the fact that it didn't get those. I mean, that is disappointing. But to me, it's the fact that they don't know how to do that. And by what what I mean by that is when they, after months of staring at the game and having time to get all this feedback, all this data, more data than they could have gotten back in the day, for sure, mm-hmm. they were like, okay, here's our big patch. And it didn't fix anything. The game is not fundamentally sound it is fun you are right about that it is also 
incredibly frustrating and like so many aiding games just doesn't have defensive options yeah you are it is like it is the 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 comparison i used to make my bad metaphor i used to make with marvel 3 which is a game that i think goes over the top enough that i like it anyway Uh but it is like a, a match of marvel 3 is two people locked in different rooms and there's a button on the wall and when you press a button, it it pushes a little wa- like it it pours a little water into the other person's room, and so you're both just mashing the button as fast as you can to try and drown the other person. That's what playing this game is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, maybe. <sighs> I I think it. I I I think that. How do I put this? Jen, Jen, you seem like you have something you want to say. I was just going to say, if this is something that y'all need to come back to, I have a much easier cut here. Uh, How about, I'm willing to cut it for now, but know that when we get to a top three, I might be like, actually, I think we should bring DNF back. Okay, so we'll we'll table that, like, cut for now. Um, I don't, I still don't think necessarily it's top three because, like, I think of its other goals, it does find ways to succeed. But it's true. Um, I I think like the w- the way in which like like it's it's you know fun at a casual level to a certain degree, and also just you know it it, it kind of like evolves from the ideas of Grand Blue Fantasy versus. Um, I don't think it does. You don't think? Okay. Well, I think it's a. I think it's a. a, a in most ways, an inferior game to Grand Blue Fantasy. Okay. But we'll, we'll um, table. We'll table that. Jen, you yeah. said you had it'll, an easier it, cut. It'll probably get cut. But sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. I think Crossfire X should go. It, it's my disappointment in it was mostly just because I was silly and got my hopes up in a ridiculous fashion. Because like. Okay, so you have Crossfire, which is uh, one of the most play one of the most played popular first person shooters uh, globally, specifically because it's such a big hit in China. And I'm like, okay, not only are they releasing an exclusive Xbox version, they're also getting Remedy to do the single player campaign. You know, Max Payne Remedy. You like just a really talented team, and then I got it. I downloaded it off Game Pass. It's like, wow, this this is kind of shit. <laughs> and uh, the multiplayer is one of those situations where it felt like features were just missing. Like, it didn't seem to have a full crouch or prone situation. Uh, the levels were terrible. It looked terrible, all that sort of stuff. And uh, I think it's mostly just me, like, hearing, okay, this is the most played game in the world and getting my expectations like, okay, this is something that a lot of people in other countries I'm not as familiar with like a whole lot. So clearly I'm just going to like it too. And that was not the case at all. I had played Crossfire. Um, and I'm not here to really dunk on Crossfire. I think Crossfire is like the same as a lot of like it, it was a very early free to play game with low system requirements. Mm hmm. It got its foot in the door, right? I don't think it's that good. I don't think it's that bad either, right? It is kind of like like edges filed off Counter Strike in a way. Um, 
I just like I didn't have any expectation that Crossfire X would be any good based on that. And also, frankly, when you say that, like, oh, like the either one of or the biggest like game in the world is going to like make its big appearance in a in a like a you know another region where it's not as popular and they're getting this big studio to do it i'm like that big studio is collecting a paycheck and you know what good on them i don't expect them to bring their a game yeah they're collecting a paycheck so that they can write alan wake (laughs) 2 i guess that's fair yeah like i i mean do you really think like you know a remedy is gonna like make this like huge you know metaphysical like you know mind like big thing like control or alan wake for a counter-strike riff i wasn't expecting something like control i was just expecting them since they have really interesting like narrative sensibilities that they would present something unusual for a first person shooter campaign and that really wasn't the case yeah yeah still yeah i think it you can go uh, can someone explain why Wordle is on here to me? I think Wordle, like, I put Wordle on there because, like, I mean, I think it can go. It's just one of those things where it is it's disappointing, like, like, to think about how, like, it was a fun game for a while. It was really nice, this, apparently, this thing that this guy, like, made on a, on a lark. And then it's like, oh, New York Times comes a knocking and offers them like several million dollars in, you know, like to be clear, I am not a but like if New York Times came knocking with like three million dollars or whatever for some stupid thing that I made, sure, why not cut the check? But like, I guess at a certain point, you know, he, you know, this guy was like, yeah, I'll never sell it, and then of course that's never true, you know. I, it's just more disappointing to think about how eventually just like you know capitalism subsumes all (laughs) and also new york times doesn't like pay their writers but they somehow found a you know several million dollars lying around to like buy the rights to this you know fun you know word game (laughs) that yeah wasn't there also like an issue that that came up in 2022 with wordle where like there was some sort of like scheduled abortion related answer but to like avoid controversy new york times scrapped it or something like they directly interfered with it you know what i'm not sure but i'm sure that would happen i guess um i guess ultimately like my big like thing is sort of like it just you know it was just this fun thing to be online and everybody posting you know how well they did on the on the day's wordle and posting their strategies, and then, like, you know, big corporation kicks out the door and is like, oh, we're, we're now going to use this. This is, like, I never played any of the New York Times version of that game. <laughs> because it was like, man, fuck this. Um, I don't know. Like, I think it could go. It was just more, it's more just disappointing about how, how the wheels of capitalism grind. <laughs> Yeah, biggest that's disappointment fair. is capitalism. Yeah, biggest disappointment. Yeah, well, that's like biggest. <laughs> you came in. You came into twenty twenty two. Like, man, I really think capitalism is going to do right by us this year. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh no. It's I mean, if we had a please stop, it would just that's why we had to stop please stop is because we became leftist enough that it's just like capitalism wins again. 10th year running. Congratulations. Year. Congratulations to capitalism. <laughs> please stop. Um I should also probably cut Danganronpa S just because like Should you This is this is the question. Should you? Should you? It's Okay, so I I want to offer like I feel like you're about to sell your own trauma short and so I'm going to say I wasn't that disappointed by Danganronpa S. However, the fact that they made a like Candyland gotcha game and charge you money for it and then are charging you like it's like i i yeah. I, I here's the thing that i i fucking hate about it is that like so in danganronpa 3 you have the, like the salmon run mode where its big appeal isn't the little like like dumb board game the salmon run or not salmon run um what's it called <laughs> it's like well, i was like wow i'm really lost different thing different thing i i, I forget what it's called it's basically a very similar sort of board game where you're it's like a dream scenario where you're taking all the characters from one, two, three, and V3, putting them in a little, just being like, what if they all went to high school together and nothing bad happened? Like, and you kind of raise them to have these various stats that you then take into a separate game, which is uh, the sort of dungeon crawly situation. Sure. And it's like, that's kind of fun because you get to see characters that never interacted with each other in the game like you know interact with each other in a fun like crossover it's like the same appeal of like the persona q games where it's like okay these are like super non-canon but it doesn't really matter it's just that you know you get to see these characters make jokes with each other and there is something kind of like there was something kind of appealing there to see like one the danganronpa characters just sort of being in a scenario that isn't life-threatening and they all just get to be fucking weirdos around each other mm-hmm. and just like, you know, again, just it's, it's a fun little crossover thing. And they had the chance to do that again, but in a, with a bigger budget. So I don't know, you could get like more voice lines or you could like embellish on some of those more fun scenarios. But like, no, it just became it was once again, another big gotcha thing where you get to see Junko in a bikini. Isn't that fun? It it seemed like of the things on this list, it felt like this caused you the most distress, Jen. I guess it, it almost did in a way. Like, there's still something else on here that bothered me way more. But, like, it is... It's inclusion as part of, like, the um, Danganronpa Decadence collection on the Switch. And uh, it's... As part of its other push for other the other Danganronpa games coming to Xbox and all the other platforms. Like, uh, it's a situation where it's making me realize, oh no, they're actually... Spike Shunsoft is far from done with Danganronpa. And if Danganronpa S is an indicator of where they want to take that stuff going forward, it is a little worrying. I would cut DNF Duel to let you keep Danganronpa S on here. Okay. Yeah, like... I I think, like, S is definitely disappointing because, again, it just is not, like, doing any of the, like, fun potential things it could have done, you know? Yeah. 
like a side mode and v3 does it better because i just want to see you know like i just want to see these like characters from disparate games talk to each other about dumb things and dangarapa s can't even do that properly mm-hmm. if shenmue 3 had come out and instead of being what we got had been a grind heavy gotcha game so that i could see like rio in a fucking, bikini yeah. yeah rio in the bikini i would have despaired <laughs> that that's the thing that would cause you absolute despair and cause the big I just, tragedy i just you know the, the phoenix right holding his head you know <laughs> like oh um I don't know that any of us here are going to really go to bat for Bayonetta 3 slash Babylon's Fall. Babylon's Fall is just, like, baffling. I don't think any of us were ever bought in, right? No. Yeah. It was just um, the disappointment. The reason I kind of put them together on here, you could kind of just rewrite it to be, like, uh, Platinum Games in 2022. <laughs> it's like, man, I really like Platinum Games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, the th- oh, go ahead. I've played some Bayonetta 3. I've played a couple hours of it, um, which I think probably you two didn't bother. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's not even very good. It's like they made changes to the combat system, so it doesn't even have the strengths of the previous game. The story is bizarre and incoherent. And not in like the a new fun char- way. Yeah, the new character is pretty annoying. Um, it's just, It's just a whiff in a way that I like... You know, the the years of like, you know, like <laughs> seeing like John and John and Cereza sitting there at the caster desk. There is no news. I could not have anticipated like how bad this game is um, yeah. and how uninspiring it is. And it's also with like Babylon's Fall. It was like this idea that Platinum is like, oh, like I am at like it's it's a lot of things like kind of piling up for Platinum where they had a very specific niche and that specific niche isn't necessarily the most profitable thing in the world in a, again, here comes capitalism um, <laughs> of like, you know, I just, I, I liked, I, for a while, even like Platinum's like B team stuff, because at least with the B team stuff, it was like, okay, this is this goofy transformers like action game that I could have a little bit of fun with. So yeah, about the A team and B team thing. This year was this year made me realize that Platinum Games as a developer just kind of sucks in general. Like uh <laughs> I I was after both of these games came out, I really had to rack my brain to think of, okay, what games has Platinum Games made that I liked? And there were maybe two, maybe three if I'm being generous. And it made me realize all the the fans that go on about there being an A team and a B team, and you can clearly tell which one is which. Like, no, I think that they just kind of generally suck at making games, and occasionally you'll get something great, but uh, it's very, very rare for that to happen. They also did make Metal Gear Revengeance in Bayonetta two, <laughs> you know, and Bayonetta one, and Bayonetta and... one, and Vanquish, and like. Even the wonderful one of one's pretty good. I think they have some hits. I think oh, I the real secret is probably a lot of their talent left when we weren't looking about yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think like the last of that talent was like honestly around the time of like the Activision deal in which they did like three. They did that Korra game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, and the Transformers game. 
where the Ninja Turtles game and Korra game were not great, but man, Transformers Devastation just feels good to play. You get to fight like a giant Constructicon or whatever as the first boss, and it's like it's ridiculous. Because I mean, in between Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they also put out a couple of real bangers like Star Fox Zero, right? Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Man, Star Fox Zero, biggest disappointment for me personally. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they do occasionally, like, bring the noise and bring out something that's pretty good. But, like, by and, lar- <laughs> by and large, they make things that are either just flat out bad or things that are bad but have charm to them. Like, I did not know Jed was a platinum hater. <laughs> I didn't know of that either until like 2022 came. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess a lot of the games people consider great from them. I just consider to be stylish, but kind of shitty. Remember when they let platinum work on Grand Blue Fantasy Relink for three years and they were like, you're too bad at this. Give it back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I I think. I don't know. I would and and fucking what we have what do we have to look forward to is a sixty dollar platformer with baby bayonetta. Yeah. What are we doing? Fucking doing. You're. I think you're right that like the key staff that made Bayonetta one and two, Vanquish, Revengeance, like Mad World, like all those like big banger games left at some point. And now, like I don't, you know, I don't know that or anything. It's just like looking at the evidence. It's like that must have happened. Yeah. And now it's like. I mean, they were filling the gap of, like, Capcom not releasing any Devil May Cry games, and now DMC5 exists, you know? And it's, yeah. it's like, we have now developers, like, even indie developers making really fun and interesting character action games now. It's like, I don't know, it, it's like, Platinum as, like, they're, they're besmirching, and it's of their almost own doing as well. Especially like and the whole the whole mess with like the the voice actor for Bayonetta like that was a whole thing that that was like I I, I recognize it as like I imagine Platinum was operating on such razor razor thin margins and also screwing over voice actors which was also like a whole thing that the industry has been reckoning with lately or honestly they've been reckoning they've had to reckon with it for a long time but it's like man i mean that whole thing like i don't know i try not to bring that up because like i was like man how dare you underpay this lady and like that's true right but it also it's like oh once the actual numbers comes out these are like standard rates which is fucked up mm-hmm. and then you're like uh, and then the, so then your drum becomes like no but you've got to treat all voice actors well and then it's like oh also she's a raging turf and you're like uh, uh this is getting more complicated by the second i'm yep. sorry i ever brought it up <laughs> Yeah, and it's like like it's like every all like voice actors should be paid fairly. Also, like she should fuck off. Also, platinum like pay your voice actors fairly because like part of the charm of one and two is like her performance as Bayonetta in a lot of ways <laughs> in the English dub that is. And yeah, I'm tempted to put platinum back on this. <laughs> No, no, we've got bigger fish to fry. You're right, you're um, right. But man, as a, as someone who really loved, you know, the fucking, like, early Platinum games, and also their stuff when they were Clover, it was disappointing mm-hmm. that 
3 was such a whiff and Babylon's Fall like was also like them attempting to be like, well, we got to have a live service game because we are hemorrhaging money every year. Mm. All right, it's time for me to pick the fight. Okay. Kyrie, you're just fucking wrong about Scarlet and Violet. Probably. I just didn't like it. <laughs> you're allowed to just not like it, but like they run badly in basically every other way they're exceptional pokemon games i think the like the the flow of their open world is bad right as uh. far as like where do you go what do you do that's bad and that's kind of embarrassing but it's got a bunch of new ideas it's new gameplay systems are fun it's world building is interesting it's really good it's like three times the game sword and shield were mhm yeah and like even the so. elements that don't work entirely have a, a bit of a charm to them like the situation where you can just manually put a sandwich together and the sandwich pieces have physics and all that that's just that's just a very silly thing to put in there but it's kind of cool i i guess old if i if i can say my piece on scarlet violet we can cut it certainly i was just like my my disappointment came from like the absolute high of legends arceus and then playing this and it just kind of being a little like mid to me probably also didn't help truthfully that like around the time the game came out i was having like wrist issues and it was not fun for me to play like it was actually mm -hmm. hard for me to play um like which you think would be like a turn-based game would be okay but whatever um it just like I recognize that it is a victim of like what was obviously like dual development for like let like I this is just how this like industry works like Scarlet and Violet would have been developed at the same time as Arceus and Arceus brought forth so many interesting ideas and so many like quality of life features that isn't present in Scarlet and Violet in the way that I would like but like mm -hmm. as a Pokemon game it is certainly leagues ahead of sword and shield like now that my wrist is starting to feel better i'll play it like i will say like the new pokemon are like really fun and interesting um i just wish that like i just wish it ran above like 20 frames per second <laughs> um, yeah like it's technical issues but once again here comes capitalism like just like the way the teams have been crunched to like get this thing out the door and it being broken in so many like basic ways is like not helpful um and it, it it does become a bit of a detriment when it's like like it just doesn't feel well to control in some ways but like i don't know i i think it's structurally interesting that you know oh you can pick your you know champions road or you can fight these big like pokemon and there's this like dark area in the middle of the map like it does have some interesting ideas and honestly like if 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 the pokemon team in like two years can synthesize the best parts of scarlet and violet and arceus it'll probably be the best pokemon game ever made like, and this you know like you know this right but it's like this was always going to be like the half step game the sort yes. of halfway between legends arceus and a traditional pokemon game mm. and i think for being that it's quite well done sure um, i just i just hope that they you know with the lessons that they learned from both of these games that they can kind of take it forward and make something like really really like astounding um yeah 
I mean, the tragedy here, right, is that there is no outcome. Like, this game is, like, the best-selling Pokemon of all time and also the best-selling game on the Switch and breaking all these records, right? Mm -hmm. But if this game had sold nothing, there's no version of how this game turns out that gets the right message to Nintendo of stop torturing your developers to death. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, there's no no reason to to release Arceus and Scarlet Violet in the same year. Because it was like, like, yeah. It's just, it's just, it just floors you, you know, because Nintendo has this reputation. You hear all these fucking great shit about like Miyamoto being like, oh, you know, a, you know, a delayed game is, is good eventually. Which I don't think and he like, ever actually said, but you know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, or like, you know, the stuff of like, oh, I mean, they have this, like, they finished a Fire Emblem game and they're just sitting on it till the time is right. Or, you know, they, they gave the Mario team like seven years to build this. Meanwhile, they're sitting in here with a gun pointed at fucking Game Freak and they said, if there's not a new Pokemon game in three months, you lose a knee. They're fucking monsters to those people. Oh, yeah. Nintendo, to borrow a refrain from my pal Seth Boyer uh, from years ago, Nintendo is not your wacky uncle. Like, it is, they are a company first and foremost, and they will rush out a game that should honestly be a lot better. And honestly, they should be treating their developers much better. The, the Miyamoto good guy thing is always so funny, especially when you look at the investigative reports that came out a few years ago where Miyamoto came up with a special name for Mario Crunch where he said, okay, it's Mario time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like when he, you know, will casually walk into a Western studio that's working for them and just say something that sets them back two years. Like, oh, thanks. Thanks, Miyamoto. Thanks, they thanks just- man. They just fucking disappeared in Advance Wars <laughs> remake because of a war. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know that that one was Miyamoto, but <laughs> maybe it was. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, well, I don't know. That was, but I mean, I that's like that's rough because I imagine way like way forward was the one who worked on that like Advance Wars game that has yet to come out. I'm sure it's done, and they're probably still waiting to like. I I imagine they're being screwed over a certain level financially because that game is not out. Mm-hmm. Like it's not very coin one up of you. Yep. Edit that uh, into the audio. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately, Scarlet and Violet was like the disappointing part was just I to see the high highs in the same year is like oh right this is just sort of like oh the, the the reality of how these how this stuff comes out like that sucks. Um. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Look at this list. What is, we got okay. six left. We got six left. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um, I think. What do I have? What do we have left? We have, for the for the for the listener at home, we have Danganronpa S, AI Nirvana Initiative, um, World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft, uh, um, Shadow of Rose DLC, GBO2 PC, and Callisto Protocol. I think honestly, you could just cut Callisto Protocol. It's it's a situation where you might be right, but also, like, you can see where I got excited for it, right? And a lot of people were excited for it because it was a really frustrating and upsetting situation when Visceral Games, like, just shut down after making, a like, a stupid Battlefield sim- spinoff. Like, even though Dead Space 3 wasn't well-received, like, Visceral knew how to do horror games really well. And... Seeing that Glenn Schofield, one of the 
lead designers and creators of Dead Space. Like he went off to do his own team and was like, okay, we're going to do another space horror game. Like that got a lot of people excited, me included, because it was a chance to do some really cool fucked up shit with uh, 3D monsters and all that sort of stuff using this new technology. And uh, instead what we got was this weird, completely out of left field situation where 80 to 90% of the combat in this game is like this bizarre left stick punch out situation. <laughs> On the other hand, On though, other I mean, hand, one of your yeah. problems with it is the monster closet thing, which is just what Dead Space has always been. Some of this stuff is just like a lot of it. Like what I watched you play of it is like, yeah, this is like modern AAA design to a certain degree. The thing is, yeah, Dead Space did have a big problem with monster closets and all that, but it still designed it in a way where it still got to you and it was still exciting to play through. Like the sound design, the music design Dead Space is phenomenal at just getting you to tense up and freaking you out when shit happens. But uh, this one just didn't have that same magic sauce. Here's a counter proposal. Mm -hmm. I could see a top three of Danganronpa S World of Warcraft Callisto. Uh, um, actually, let's cut Callisto Protocol. Because <laughs> there's one... I still have... I still have one on here that is way more disappointing than Callisto to me. Sure. I I always just felt Callisto was doomed when its first thing was, like, in the PUBG universe. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, sure. But don't worry, they fixed that. They fixed that, yep. They took the line out. <laughs> and now we put in uh, prequel podcasts. <laughs> we should cut the GBO2 PC beta. Yeah. It was ridiculous and stupid, but it's a fucking beta. We've got bigger fish to fry. Absolutely. And... At the very least, there is a version of GBO2 that you can play right now that is, like, on consoles that you can play, and, hey, maybe that beta will come out. Maybe it'll be less fucked. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. But we can we can only hope for less fucked when it comes to GBO2. Some of this other stuff, though. Um, so I'm assuming that Jen is referring to AI the Nirvana Initiative. AI the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. Yes, that needs to be on here. So, so you want to cut Shadows of Rose? I'm willing to cut Shadows of Rose, yeah. What's it, your piece on Shadows of Rose, though? Um, It was a situation where, like, Resident Evil Village, fantastic, fantastic Resident Evil game. Like That was, a, that was on your list, like, last year, if I recall. Oh, yeah, like, favorite games? Yeah, it was... Yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, for 2021, you really like, enjoyed uh, Resident Evil Village. Yeah, it was... It had so many excellent elements to it, like, uh, even though it was slightly disappointing back then that uh, the Dimitrescu stuff was such a small part of it, I did enjoy the other modes that the game operated in as well. Um, and had just hearing... Evil Dead 2 vibe, which is like... <laughs> yeah, just hearing, like, okay, Capcom did not expect this level of response for it. So they went out of their way to just spend a year cooking up something entirely new for it. Like, that got me really excited in terms of like, okay, we're not going to just see Mercenaries DLC packs for this. We're going to see a whole new, like, chunk of campaign. And they went out of their way to not only have that new chunk of campaign, they also 
set it in a third person view. They added third person view to the entire game, which I which I like. Yeah, and you play Shadows of Rose and you find out okay, this is like I it's neat that they decided to do something like okay, what if we took what if we took the village setting and turned it into even more of a nightmare because like Rose is just deep diving into the specific fungus things, uh, collective conscious from all the people that it ended up taking. And there are some elements of it that are pretty cool to look at, but there are other elements that just feel completely phoned in. Like you have this guide that ends up finding you like really early on into it. That just communicates to you through wall writing and, uh, occasionally just dropping an item for you. And uh, at some point it just became a thing where they used that instead of creating puzzles for you to solve. Like they would have a situation where, okay, you have to get out of this trap really quickly. The wall writing's just going to appear and, wa and talk you through the whole thing. <laughs> or you get to a situation where suddenly you're locked in a very small arena and it just becomes a arena shooter situation which is not it's not that's not one of village's strengths and uh yeah it, it was kind of a big disappointment for me but also like it was a situation where now that i think about it it's a thing that they were not even planning on doing when the original game came out mm -hmm. and after the success they were clearly like oh shit we need to think of something I probably should have anticipated that whatever would come out would be not up to the standards of the rest of it, just because a year is a really short time to put together something like this. Yeah, and you can only do so much with like the existing assets and the existing character models. That said, I do like that they brought back Mercenaries mode, which is always just a fun time. And I think you get to play as like basically the... I call them the four devas because I forget their name in the like, they're basically the four devas. Yeah. That mercenaries mode already existed, but uh, what they added were new mercenaries levels here where yeah. you, you play as the character, you play as the big villains in the game. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we've got a top three. Um. <sighs> So what's what's your piece on the World of Warcraft? Uh, it's not fair to put it entirely on World of, War, World of Warcraft, but it is fair to say that World of Warcraft Wrath of the Lich King is partially responsible for me flunking out of college because I was playing it so much. <laughs> um, I, I can just go and go and go about World of Warcraft's Wrath of the Lich King, about this expansion, the time I spent as like a competitive like raider doing like raids as they came out with a like a preset group and we would get together for raid night and get on ventrilo um shout out to ventrilo that feels like such a different scale than everything else here sorry for laughing but just like mo biggest disappointment <laughs> so, <laughs> involving yeah. i got i plugged out, out of college yeah. yeah well listen if it wasn't this it would have been something else i was just in a brain state where i was not willing to focus on school um and so when they announced Wrath of the Lich King Classic, it's like, this is going to be really fun. It's going to be so nice to go back through. And like, I'm an adult now. I have a job. I have responsibilities. I'm not going to go back to my endgame rating lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But 
it will be so nice to just like tour through and like do that like the casual like story and dungeons and just have a good time hanging out in this game that I love and I still think is really good, right? And a little before release, the developers came out and they said, well, we were, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase because I bet they would not phrase it like this, right? Mm-hmm. But they were like, so we've been, we're getting, we're gearing up for the release of Wrath of Lich King Classic and we're really excited. But we really want to make sure you have a really classic experience with this game, Uh-oh. right? So we're taking features out of the game that were in the game when it came out to make it feel more classic, like matchmaking. What <laughs> are you talking about? You mean the thing that allows you to like, you know, my my context for MMOs is mostly almost entirely entirely in Final Fantasy fourteen. Well, with Final Fantasy fourteen, if I want to do like a particular, um, you know, raid or like thing, it's like oh, I can matchmake with like three randos yeah. and just do it. And it can yeah. take you a while to find it, but like you just set it up and you have some hope that like within maybe an hour or so for the less played thing, it'll eventually get you in there. No, now what you get to do is you get to uh fly to a capital city, right? One of the capital cities in the game. Mm-hmm. Um which by the way, fast travel way less generous than it is in Final Fantasy. No just teleports. Um, you can teleport home, but that's it. Um, you fly to a capital city, go into the looking for group channel, and then also the trade channel, because a lot of people just aren't looking at looking for group, and be like, hey, I'm I'm looking for three people to join me for this dungeon. Hey, I'm looking, and do that for, depending on the dungeon, any, like, sometimes you'll get lucky, and it's like 15 minutes on the short end to find a dungeon. Sometimes it is hours blows like there i i I recall like you know it's a hell of a thing but like old gaming web comics talk about how fucking annoying that was like over a decade ago like and for a reason it's fucking annoying to go into like a big massive area type you know either do like you know slash shout looking for group or go into that channel or something and it's just it's just not it is not a fun or interesting experience like the whole point of i maybe i'm wrong here maybe i'm in the wrong headspace but shouldn't the point of like a project like wow classic be to capture some of the sensations of what that old thing was while filing away the shit that actually sucked about it yeah and like it just imagine like them advertising that we've restored a classic car have a classic driving experience and it's like a 1989 honda civic and you discovered they removed power steering it's like what the fuck is wrong with you a thing what the actual fuck is wrong with you yeah a thing that you wouldn't even notice is like it's it's one of those features that you wouldn't even think about like like power stealing you don't think about it until you get into a car that doesn't have it and you're like oh no And I guess that makes it a bad comparison, right? Because literally in the run-up to Wrath of the Lich King Classic, I was like, well, I don't have a character to the level of this expansion yet, but thank God I'll be able to do the Dungeon Finder. That was literally the thing I wanted. (laughs) And it's not here. Damn. They took it out. And it Um, it was in that original, like, when Wrath of the Lich King came out, you could do that, 
right? Like, oh yeah, that was like that was like one of the like four back of the box bullet points of the game. Um, well, I got this new product for you, Six. It's called World of Warcraft Classic Classic. It's uh, going to be that experience, but it's going to be, you know, the classic experience that you remember. Well, here's the thing is World of Warcraft Classic Classic exists already because no there is Wrath of Lich King Classic and then there is Vanilla Classic. Um, oh my you can God. still just play the original version of that game and be like, man, I loved it when, like, dying caused me to lose XP or whatever the fuck. Um yeah, this, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a tyrant, but I, you're going to really have to convince me this doesn't win. <laughs> All right, you two hash it out with <sighs> AI Nirvana Initiative, because I didn't play it. God, it's going to be a hard sell, because, like, the first AI game is something that I've talked about various times, and, like, as you could tell from those conversations, it was a situation where I felt very mixed about what happened in it. But, like, as the years went on, like, as I just kept thinking about the game, I realized I fucking love these characters. I love a lot of what's ha- what happens within that initial AI game. Um, and I sure love that specific... Why am I blanking on names right now? <laughs> Sorry. I, I need to look the dumbest up. man to exist, Date. Date is Date is such a weird situation because like <laughs> that game was such a nothing situation in terms of like people. You were saying situation a lot, Jed. Just okay. <laughs> Date's weird because initially that game came out and it didn't make much impact, but uh, by the time AI Nirvana initiative came out. People were fucking weird over Date, talking about how much they wanted, <laughs> how much they wanted to make love to him and then suplex him into a trash can. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely really weird for people in the anime fandom, especially the like horror visual novel space, to get weird about a character. It's unprecedented. <laughs> unprecedented. Uh, anyway, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. The point I was trying to make is like Date is a character where you kind of love him and hate him at the same time as the game is going on. But uh, Mizuki is just a character that you just love period when you're playing the game. She's this smart mouthed uh, preteen who has a giant iron pipe and is very good at using it. (laughs) And she goes through a lot of really emotional scenes through that game and you can't help feeling very protective of her. I f- flash forward a few years and I'm just sitting down watching the I'm hanging out at uh, the Spike Chun soft teaser website expecting a big reveal and you get a Mizuki who is older who is even more confident in her athletic abilities and her pipe is now extendable and has fucking neon all over it. And it is the most hypest thing ever. Like, we're taking the side character, the character everyone unquestionably loved, and we're turning her into the main character. And she's gonna just kick ass. And, uh... AI Nirvana Initiative had other plans when it came out. (laughs) 
first off, it's a game where you don't spend a whole lot of time with Mizuki in, in particular. You end up playing as this other character who I, I, I grew to like over time, but it's a situation where I got myself hyped up for this one situation and it turned out not to be the exact case. She's the, still pretty close to half the game. She is, but then you realize what they're doing to her to like yeah. include this other character to the point where all of her backstory, all the things she's been up to in the preceding time skip that's happened is like dismissed with a few lines of text. You, you get very little time getting to see her grow and advance in important ways. And the story for AI too, like just kind of sucks in general. <laughs> like the big mystery revolves around them straight up lying to you with the structure and then acting like it's a big twist when they are like, yeah, you know that structure, that flowchart you've been using? It's completely inaccurate and here's how it really works. And I don't know. I, I like a lot of Uchikoshi mysteries, but the fact that this game just straight up lies to you and calls it a twist made me angry. <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost like he's done this before. <laughs> Zero time dilemma just lies to you. And like, there's just a bunch of weird characters in this situation that just flat out suck. <laughs> like, it's a situation where you have that... Uh, you have that owner of that restaurant who gets into this weird relationship with this high schooler, even though he's, like, in his 30s or 40s. And you think it's going to be a situation where the game kind of... Like, talks about how that relationship is unhealthy, but the game is just going to bat 100% for these two to just be together, and it's deeply uncomfortable. I feel like the weirdest thing about this game is that it goes so far out of its way to make sure that you can play it without having played one, that it gets intensely uncomfortable. Like, even if you learn a single thing about the first game, where you're like, wait a minute. There is a big visual signifier of a huge bit of character development for Date, who is in this game quite a bit, and it's like they just reverted him to his old design in a way that, like, would freak everyone around him out massively. Yeah. <laughs> and if you if you check the thing at the beginning that says, I played the first game, you have an option to ask about it. If you don't, you can't. Um, and at that point, he says, I just like it. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, it's just filled with decisions like that, where their insistence on making a situation where you didn't have to play the first one just shot itself in the fucking foot. Like, you're dealing with a situation where none of the characters were allowed to grow from one to two because other that would require you to go back and play the first game, which... Like, there's plenty of series that just expect you to go and play the first game. They should have just done that. <laughs> or, or at the they... very least, just put in, like, a a recap somewhere in the game's... Like, just like, hey, if you, wanna, if you are playing this for the first time, here is a brief summation of what happened in the first one, so you are up to speed. Games have been doing that for a while. Yeah. Or nowadays, we just live, we just live in a world in which fucking wikipedia and youtube exists like you can just mm -hmm. look it up yeah it, 
ultimately it feels like a situation where <clears throat> the first AI... Yes? Nothing. Nothing. Clear my throat. Okay. Ultimately, the first game, AI, the Somnium Files, it had a ton of problems, but it pushed through those problems to create something that was rightfully beloved. Like, it's filled with a bunch of fantastic characters. The writing, even when it gets incredibly cringy in that first game, there's a charm to how ridiculous some of the jokes get, or... Or how there's this, or how Date, whenever he is simply told of the existence of a porno mag, becomes like a Matrix character and is able to do impossible feats of strength. Someone made a joke. Listener, listener, it's better than you think. I still don't love it, but the description does. I do have to give Jen that it, that description makes it sound a little worse than it actually is. There was like a tweet going around of like, if there was a massive meteorite coming towards the earth, if you told Dante that there was a porno magazine at the middle of the meteorite, he would be able to find a way to divert it from crashing into the earth. <laughs> but like the sequel decides not only do they want to make sure that anyone who hasn't played the first one can play this one, they decide to come up with reasons for why Mizuki is able to kick ass with this iron bar. They come up with a backstory explanation for Date's specific thing, his specific power-up ability with the porno mag and stuff, and it's like, y'all are just creating backstories for things that did not to be ex need to be explained, and now that you're explaining them in detail, they're kind of worse. They are worse across the board. I didn't play one, but I thought the Date one was kind of funny. That seems to be the thing. Like, the big reaction to Nirvana Initiative was a lot of people that I follow on Twitter basically saying, yo, just go and play that the first game and then just ignore this one, which sounds like a pretty big fucking disappointment um, in the way of... Taking something that was such a... I mean, it wasn't necessarily a huge hit, but it was beloved for a reason. And, like, it's one thing I think... Like, if I if I can, you know, give you the temperature where I'm leaning, like, I think AI takes it because it really sucks that WoW Classic is intentionally kneecapping itself in such a way that it is taking away things that should be in basically every MMO or whatever, in this bizarro desire to, like, recapture how fucked up and stupid it was in the past. But it sounds like to me that in AI 2, this is completely missing the point in ways that really just, like, make it hard to just play in the first place. Mm -hmm. That That's just where I'm at right now. It's taken a lot of elements that were fan favorites in the first game, like the musical number at the end, and finding ways to multiply them or twist them in a way that's like, it's not as good when you're doing it the second time around. Like, you, it, it's trying to recapture magic that uh, is simply gone because they can't do it again. But you seem to have an argument, Six. World of Warcraft Classic is blazing a trail. It is 
probably not the first, but I'm not aware of any others. And it's certainly the biggest and the one that people are going to look to for the concept of revisiting older versions of a live service game. Mm -hmm. They've talked about doing Final Fantasy XI classic in some form, right? You could imagine other, you know, you could imagine them doing older versions of like League of Legends and stuff, right? You can see where this road goes. And it is so important on this road, on this trailblazer that is showing everyone how this is done, and on its biggest release from its most ex popular expansion ever, from the period where World of Warcraft was the biggest game in the world. That you don't set an example of artificially fucking the game up to make it feel older. I was excited to play a bunch of this game. When World when Wrath of the Lich King launched, I played less for classic. Right. And in some ways, like being that because everybody, you know, people are still trying to capture like what WoW was going for in some ways. Mm -hmm. And there is an answer there. Like, oddly enough, I think about the answer fighting games had for a while was specifically like Street Fighter. Of like edition selections of yeah play hey play this you know play the super turbo version of zangief versus champion edition zagat right and but that's like a completely different context like for a live service game there are games out there like i don't even know if you can play destiny one anymore but i'm sure there are people who would still like to like at least re-experience that stuff or destiny 2 with all of its like all those like expansions are just now fucking gone. Yeah. Not only can you not play Destiny 1 anymore, a decent portion of Destiny 2, including the launch content of Destiny 2, is just straight up inaccessible now. Mm hmm And Blizzard has this opportunity to be like, hey, here's this thing that was really important to a not insignificant number of people. And like, here's a way to re-experience it. And actively sabotaging that like it has to be like it, it sounds though right now the like lack of matchmaking is definitely like a barometer that you're using are there other specific ways that like blizzard has fucked with the with the wrath of the lich king classic that you have a problem with i mean they've done some some stuff that's like weird and complicated right like well okay here's an example they won't tell us what they did what in in an era like World of Warcraft, in an era where MMO patch notes are like, oh, you pull this up and you read like 10 pages of changes. When Wrath of the Lich King Classic launched, they they put out a page that said, Wrath of the, Wrath of the Lich King Classic is here. Play a Death Knight. And that was it. They won't tell us what they did. And some stuff we've discovered, right? Here's an example. Um, they have created a custom version of the game where in most areas of mechanical balance, it is version, I think it was 3.35, right? But content-wise, it's 3.02. So they're mixing and matching elements of various patches. And like, that's fine, that's interesting, but you have to tell us what they are. All right. So it sounds like to me, the problem with Wrath of the Lich King is more of a, this sets like a really 
turgid, horrible example that other, like, other, like, companies are probably going to follow because Blizzard is, like, one of the biggest companies in the world, you know? And I th- I think it sets a terrible dis- it sets a terrible precedent. I think it has made me want to play the game less. And I think as far as disappointment, it's hard to beat a gap between expectation and reality when you take an already completed game and chop a limb off. And it sounds like the problem with AI two is that it had it had this massive ball of built up potential, like it had like a huge wind up from AI one and it just like, like the ball didn't even reach the mound. Is that, does that sound accurate, Jen? I think the ball reached the bound, but like it, it got to, it was hit in such a way that no one was happy. Like it got hit straight into the face of the pitcher or something like that. And that pitcher was a nice guy and everybody liked him. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody liked him, and then it was like, oh, the batter was such a, like, a dickhead that he, like, launched the ball straight into the pitcher's face. Yeah. Oh, the pitcher was, also, the pitcher was wearing a mask for some reason, and you're like, I thought he gave up the whole mask thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Hmm. I, I do think, I do think the scale of uh, Wrath of the Lich King here might end up being the thing that wins because AI AI wall does have a larger audience now than it used to partially because of game pass partially because a lot of people paid attention when they announced the sequel and it's the first game has been through a number of sales where you could pick it up for like eight bucks. Um, It is still relatively niche compared to one of the biggest video games ever. But that also says that, like, they have effectively kneecapped any, like, potential for, like, an AI3. Because, like, if they announced AI3 right now, I'm pretty sure, Jen, you would just be like, man, fuck this. I will say that uh, my reaction to AI2 isn't exactly universal. Like, we did record a Novel Not New episode last year where pretty much everyone on the cast was on board with AI2 kind of sucking. But, uh... But this is our list. Yes. Yeah, I mean, fuck everybody else. Fuck everybody. That's true. <laughs> Eat shit, get your own podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Um, and I don't say this to move the needle because I don't think it plays into this at all. But I will say, as far as going forward, if they were to do a Wrath of the Lich King Cataclysm Classic, which is the next expansion... Uh, that's an incredibly baffling concept because the reason Wrath of the Lich King ex- because the reason the classic line exists is because people were so mad at the changes Cataclysm did. Right. So that's just like fun to think about. Like, what the fuck? It's like making like new Coke classic. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like that time they brought back Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, like, how does this work for the WoW player base? Because it seems like they're running three different disparate versions of Mortal Warcraft now. But like, yep, correct. It's correct. It's still one of the biggest games ever. So I imagine each one is still relatively populated. Yeah, they do all right. Um, I don't know how populated like classic classic is, um, because why the fuck would I go back there? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Uh, so let me just uh, buy real estate in Blight Town while I'm at it. Um, we're gonna be, we're gonna play 360 Blight Town where the frame rate <laughs> drops to 10. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this is the problem. This is what this is doing. This is like. The logic that gets you removing matchmaking here is the logic of the same people who, when the remaster came out, were like, but when, like, Blighttown runs at 60 frames a second, that's that's bad. You need to handicap the frame rate because that's what Blighttown's about. No, it's not. I, I It's one thing to, like, you know, I remember I watched a video on, like, WoW Classic of, like, there are things that you could do to, like, replicate the old feel. Like, they did this thing where, like how that game plays is it you press a button and it adds a certain amount of delay which would have been at done at the time to account for 56k like connections um which is like kind of like a fun little detail but like when it comes to like fundamental stuff that is actively a detriment you really want to edge you know like file that edge as most as best as you can Yeah, I'm fine with either one winning, honestly. Hmm. Is it coming down to me? Am I? Am I, I just? I, I, I think it should be World of Warcraft, but I get it. I think it's coming down to you, Kyrie. Oh boy! All right. Um. See, this is tough because I I think that here's what my where my thinking is right now. Like I understand the argument of WoW representing like a really bad example. Like AI is like as a thing that exists right now is rancid. But, like, I mean, it's not even, like, even if it wasn't about the trend, even if everyone agreed that they didn't want to do this, Kyrie, do you want to stand in the middle of Stormwind and type in two different channels for two hours that you're uh, looking yeah, for Yeah, actually, healer? okay, it goes to WoW. That sounds, <laughs> like, absolutely dreadful, because at the very least with AI, the Somnium files, I could go back and play the first one and be like, oh, have an okay time with the like weirdo date and like all this other shit like it sounds like okay i i think i'm gonna go with wow and my reasoning being is that with ai2 there is still like a decent game that you could go back and play and ai2 it sounds like still has some ideas or some interesting bits mm-hmm. that ultimately make it more of like a swing and a miss um what i've heard of wow classic and classic wrath of the lich king i look at it and be like why the fuck would i want to engage with this at all i yeah i don't think there's any element of it that has a new idea or an uh, an, or an improvement over the original release yeah it it definitely feels you know what also specifically fuck Activision Blizzard for listening to their like most toxic fan base that demanded the like no hashtag no changes or whatever to wow just in general because like you know matchmaking is too woke or something like that or something stupid like it's it's like it feels like a very is a reaction to like probably just some of the worst people 
in some of your fan base, which to be clear, there is a space for that classic stuff to exist for like good reasons. But like on some level, it does feel like, you know, them trying to appease the people who hate change and hate like wanting to like move things forward. Yeah. I really like I'm I've had some fun with it, but when World of Warcraft Classic came out, I was really excited for it to flop and all the people who are like, oh, I'd, I'd pay just to play old WoW to, to fucking not show up and it fell flat on his face. Right. Not and now happened. it's like if they ever like, I think ultimately, like, you can hope that Square won't fuck it up. But, you know, it's it's Square Enix um, that if they do like FF11 Classic or whatever, which, I mean, you could still play FF11, but that's neither here nor there. It's like, you're right, the precedent that it sets and why it exists as a thing and what they chose to do for this specific instance of Wrath of the Lich King just, like, really tarnishes, like, what is potentially a really cool idea of going back and looking at live service games as they used to be. Um, but still... Uh, uh, negative shout outs to ai2 for taking what was clearly a very beloved game and instead of moving forward with its themes characters or whatever it just chose to like deliberately move backwards in such a way that you know just seems insulting to the people that championed the game so our winner for biggest disappointment is World of Warcraft Wrath of the Lich King Classic with runners-up AI the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative and Rampa S. Negative shout-outs to Spike Chudsoft <laughs> for <laughs> taking... Two out of three ain't yeah, bad. Yeah, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> oh. 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 Here's something that um, that new rain code game ends up being okay this year. But we'll oh, see. fuck. That Just is coming listen. out this year. <laughs> Start making the I, list. I, be, I guess looking at like the games I'm excited for, the games you're excited for, I'm like, man, Jen's winning best disappointment this year. <laughs> Biggest disappointment this year. Uh, it's hers. She's got it in the bag. Got it there. I'm looking forward to proving you wrong. Okay. I mean, you realize it isn't you personally, right? Yeah, no, it's like... <laughs> I mean, if, if you made Rampa S, then like we seriously we need would, to talk. It would also but... be a huge conflict on UDR that you, you know, you're a developer, but you know, whatever um anyway all right thank you everyone for joining thank you us. for yeah. embr embracing us getting the toxic out of our system <laughs> man yeah Ugh. uh we'll be back with more awards and all that jazz um no plugs on this we do plugs at, at game of the year because probably if you listen to this you either know us or you're going to listen to all of this or both or something or something um, so until next award folks peace out See ya. Later.